There is no phone ringing, damn it! What the hell are you talking about? You know what the hell she's talking about? Now, what in hell am I going to tell this boy Shaver's parents? That a substitute nurse assassinated him because she couldn't tell the doctors from the patients on the floor? My God! Okay. You let a woman beat ya. You little tiny nothing. Why did you move closer to me? Closer to Don't, you. Bob. Uh-uh. His name was Jeremiah Johnson. Norma Ray has been working since she was 16. And Jeff Goldblum is the psycho freak who's everywhere the action is. That's outrageous! You try one more goddamn stunt and I'll light up the fucking sky! I'd rather die running than be left here alone. Okay, but remember, serpentine! Absolutely. What a guy. You can fuck the lilies and the roses too. A decade under the influence. No rules, no limits. No wonder these filmmakers changed our world. Hello and welcome. Did you just flip me off? No, I would never. No, but on serious time? Serious time, I flipped okay. you off. Yeah, that's a one. We're recording late, but uh, that means that we're we're uh, we're focused. Yeah, we're we're, we're ready. We're here. <laughs> it does. We've we've got all the stuff for you. Film focus fever, catch it. Yeah, we got a six movie review for you today. Won't that be great? Yeah, six and a half. Because I want to talk about Cosby for a second. Oh yeah, yeah. Actually, I've got I've got a, a segue into that too. Isn't that funny? Segue into Cosby? Sure. Well, not into because you didn't watch it. I watched it. No, no, I didn't watch it. No, I'm just telling you I've I've got something for it. Well, I mean, if you want to, yeah, you know, um, if you want to talk about movies we watch, we went we watched the Oscars. We did watch the Oscars. Uh, I don't just watch '70s movies, even though I watch a lot of '70s movies. And uh, there was a bunch of movies that I want to watch. Um, three of them have. Um, What's his name? The guy we've been watching a lot. Uh, Sidney Portier. Oh, yeah. So there's three Cosby movies that I like that have him in it, but I haven't been able to see his face after what happened. But Eddie, who comes on the podcast, got me uh, to watch, put me in a position to finally, after years, be ready and watch the Cosby documentaries. Time to talk about Cosby. And I just want to quickly report that it went really well, oh. even though it was fucking horrible. I haven't been able to look at him. And uh, it was okay because at least it was a means to an end, talking about dealing with the situation. And, and it's like four or five hours long or something. Holy but shit. Whew, it's, a, it's a big deal. And I guess I won't spoil it, so that's all I'll say about it. But uh, I would just wanted to say that it's uh, if you're sitting on the fence. I mean, if you're not ready, wait till you're ready. But I was ready, and um, yeah. I'm very glad that I saw it. I, I think It that's... was interesting, all these people talking about the different complexities of it how it, it is difficult for yeah. some people to talk about and, and i think you keyed in there right like it, people come to come to that moment when when they come to it right like yeah but a lot of that in the film comes out not to give any spoilers but that that was done on purpose by a, a sexual predator to make right to you know have that persona of no one's ever going to blame me i'm america's dad yeah one of the funny things is they were like dude what's dr Hus huxtable's fucking profession He's an obstetrician, Obstetrician. Right? And where's his office? Oh, it's at home. It's at home in the basement where he takes you to examine you. That's right. And they were just like, and everybody that the interview was like, oh. And then half a second later, oh. <laughs> 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 Sorry. Um, 
But I watched that movie and I, I recommend it even though it's it was very difficult to watch. Yeah. And it made me even weird at work. And I couldn't really say it. Like, I'm fucked up right now because I watched this Cosby documentary. <laughs> Give me 25 minutes. <laughs> um, we're going to start out with Bang the Drum Slowly. Thank you for letting me uh, yeah, talk yeah. about that. What was the thing you had about it? Is that, you're gonna it's in wait? my thing. Okay, it's in your thing. It's, it's like, it, you can't see my fingers, listeners, but it is like a millimeter worth of Cosby that, that finds its way into this, just in a, a, a side reference. Yeah. And please, no one ever call us Cosby apologists. We're not. No, absolutely not. In the not. Um, bang the Drum Slowly, 1973. Hmm. Okay, friends, from memory, which is going to suck, A, because <laughs> I just woke up from an awful dream. I had it, The dream had kind of a good ending, though. Uh, and, uh, hey, this movie didn't. <laughs> uh, which brings me to reason B why my from memory will suck because uh, why oh why is movie and I was going to say to quote you but I don't know if you said that I feel like you did like why you, is movie you came up with why is movie so <laughs> I, I believe that's mine we yeah. can give it to you thanks so yeah why is movie so there's this annoying looking white guy who is negotiating his baseball contract thrilling I know but he keeps <laughs> insisting his contract Includes a don't fire the catcher clause, which the suits eventually reluctantly go for. I guess Whitey is a pitch, a pitcher. Pitches the ball. Baseball. Uh, so movie continues, <laughs> and they play baseball. Catcher dude is taxi driver and apparently does not want anyone to know that he's dying. Wait for burp. Hold on. Dying of, and then I left a blank. Non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Be, be, because I was going to fill it in later, but look who filled it in right yeah, there. there he is. <laughs> He's dying of non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. <laughs> uh, he just wanted to know that he's dying. It's so he won't be treated different, and so they can't fire him for insurance reasons, even though I thought we covered this in the long contract scene. Someone sings the title of this movie, or maybe it's a damned poem. The dad from Little Murders is a coach, and he's... This fucking review is three pages long, which is funny, because this movie doesn't deserve it. Um, <laughs> is hell-bent on finding out the secret. Then he does, and feels bad for being such a dick about taxi-driving catcher. Uh, oh, oh, dick, dick about it. Taxi-driving catcher is fine. Till he's not, then he does die. Spoiler! I think maybe the reason for movie uh, is besides a saddish baseball movie, uh, it's for those who like sports in general and baseball in particular, and also per perhaps for those who love, oh, also perhaps for those contract negotiations and people dying at the end. I like a good sad movie, but this ain't sad. IMDb's blurb <laughs> says Taxi Driver is supposed to be dumb, and I'm told, even on the poster, that the shit is about friendship. Maybe I was in a bad mood when I watched this shit, but neither Catcher being dumb or their amazing uh, friendship really shined through. Mostly I remember the contract conflict, the coach being annoying, and some extremely mildly entertaining baseball scenes. Uh, 10 out of 10! <laughs> Discuss! That's a joke. Not yet. Film stars Michael Moriarty as... Moriarty. I, I, whatever I wrote that uh, Ergie 
We'll see a lot more of him in five movies coming up. Um, one that we showcased, and that's Hal Ashby's The Last Detail. Which is, yeah. Robert De Niro plays Bruce, and we'll see him in some obvious 70s classic-ish. I'm sure we will showcase one, probably Taxi Driver. Vincent Gardinia plays Dutch. He's on the Mount Everest of great character actors who we showcased in Little Murders. And we reviewed his work in Fire Sale and Heaven Can Wait. Fire Sale. I liked it. (laughs) We'll see him again. Anne Hedgeworth plays Katie. And we saw her in Citizens Band and recently (laughs) Thieves. Anne is most known by all 70s kids, that's me, as Lana from Three's Company. Film is directed by John Hancock, not Hancock, born in 1939, and he's still with us. We'll see him in Let's Scare Jessica to Death, 1971, and California Dreaming. Our writing is Mark Harris. His screenplay was based off of his novel. We will not see him again. True disgust. Go. Mm. This movie is boring. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. it was... It's, it, what There's was, zero friend chemistry. Yeah. Yeah. No. And on the poster, it's like a friendship for the ages or something. Well, I mean, he's loyal, but there is no friendship chemistry between them on and screen. And they're not friends. <laughs> like, he, he's like... It's a charity case for him at best. I think they're supposed to be friends. I, I understand that he's supposed to be friends, but... But it, they don't portray any friendship chemistry. No. No. Everything. And then did you find it weird that he's supposed to be dumb? Because I didn't get that. I, they said he was dumb several times through the movie. I know, but he just seems just, you know, I mean, like, he wasn't like a like, guy. Yeah, yeah. He wasn't like, ooh, like, like he can't figure out his shoes. But, like, he was, I don't he seems know. fine, and he's yeah, a catcher he just, for baseball. He, he just seemed fine. like a fucking country dude who, yeah. like, hadn't been exposed to a lot. Which doesn't strike as dumb for me. Uh, but I mean, I guess it's inexperience, which I guess is what they're getting at, right? Correct. Like, I don't know. I'm also waving a purple flag at myself, which is a, you kind of stepped out of bounds there. Oh, yeah. You're fine. Yeah, I'm not, but thank you. I mean, uh, I know you, and I know what you meant. Yeah, I know. And, and you, I appreciate you. Fo- you might not. You followed through. He, like, he's not someone who can't figure out his shoes. <laughs> he can figure out his shoes. He can figure out his shoes, but also there's that doesn't make you an idiot. Like people have, and that, that all those terms are loaded with with. Uh, I know, but we're doing stuff. this because all the IMDb stuff says he's supposed to be dumb, and they said it in the movie. So right. it's like they're presenting that to us, and I'm, and it it kind of bothered me. There's something weird about that through the whole movie. That was like he just seems fine. I don't really like this movie. He does, but. and it could just be they hired too good of an actor to play like maybe a, a role where he's supposed to be a, just a total bumpkin and can't get his shit together it's really hard to play dumb like when i was in acting classes playing stupid and playing stupid authentically is really tough well and it seemed like he he went a route to it like he figured out like oh the reason i'm dumb is because i'm inexperienced and it kind of came off charming and then like (laughs) i don't know like i mean his character is supposed to be charming i yeah i guess I don't know. It was so dull. I, I, I had a really hard time caring. Um, it, but which, which seemed true to baseball. Like, men, <laughs> o- men overly angry about something so dull I can barely get excited about it. The other thing that was kind of bizarre about their supposed friendship is that, like, nobody, 
Yeah, they they make this whole point of like you know everybody finds out he's dying and they're like, oh, we're all oh, in yes. on Thank support and stuff, and then like he goes away, and nobody goes and visits him. Like when mm. shit gets really hard and it's like at the like actual dying point, like nobody's there, nobody talks to him for how long? It was like a till he dies. Long time. Wait, yeah. no, because he dies and no one goes to his funeral. And the guy's like talking about, I, am kind of, I really wish I'd kind of gone to his funeral, but I didn't. That's weird. It's not yeah, the baseball like, way. <laughs> nobody gave two shits about this guy. But like, I also... Why? It, it's like, yeah, exactly. It was like, why his movie? <laughs> but okay, so the only piece that I would give to that is that men of a certain generation seem to have problems emoting in a way that like seems unfathomable to me That's now. what I was going to say. Yeah. Just only coming through now... Is that maybe it was because sports fans can't show emotions, so they just they well. can't give you more and have them fill the seats. Right. No, this is too feely crap. <laughs> Look, they're bodies, but like they're not. They're not. Hey, hey, hey. hey, hey. <laughs> also, I guess, um, you know, maybe that's like men, men in general of of older generations, because like we also saw that with the AIDS pandemic, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, I mean, look at what happened at Klaus Nomi for fuck's sake. Like, right. Just dipped completely from totally alone because nobody could handle, you know, like all the interviews with all of his friends who, who supposedly loved him dearly. All of them were like, I just couldn't handle that. He was dying. It was just too scary and too much. Yeah. I wouldn't like, necessarily fuck. use that analogy. Cause they were worried they were going to get the disease too. Cause he was early on. Yeah. He's, he's, that's not what they say in the interviews though they They always say it's that they're i mean that's not what they're saying now but they were scared at the time historically that people wouldn't go because they were worried about getting right had whole separate wards and hospitals and if you're trying to like cover up like a shameful feeling i would think it would be more shameful to admit that it was just because you couldn't angry emotionally deal with it but like just because you are afraid of getting sick, I feel like people could accept that a little easier than like, I just didn't want to like ruin my party time. I mean, there was like several people who literally said something along those lines of like, I was out partying. I didn't want to deal with dying. <laughs> yeah, I remember Whoa. people being like, I didn't want to get the disease too. I've seen it a few times. But right. We'll see you in our Klaus Nomi podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have anything more yeah, on I'm this. Yeah, giving Ex- this film too much grace. Yep. <laughs> Except um, it gets a 6.8, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't give it a 6.8. Yeah, i give it a 5. And I think that's actually a little more generous than I'd I'm... give it a nice 76, that if you're interested in 70s movies, you may want to watch this at some point in your life. Yeah. I don't know. It's better than a slasher movie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, I'm still going to give it a thumbs down, but it's not an enthusiastic, like, fuck this movie thumbs down. It's just kind of a meh. Well, I would more thumbs down, I mean, for you, you know, to, to, to help you with your bit, that, like, they didn't do what they said they were going to do. <laughs> From the movie poster, we don't get friendship. We don't get, like, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, maybe it's a fail for me. But, again, I like 70s movies, so I would watch it. So maybe five and a half. I don't know. So, so if you're an awkward baseball fan who also loves 70s movies. And Rob, and watching <laughs> all Robert De Niro movies. <laughs> oh, so uh, I did have that. Uh, his name was Henry. Sorry. The guy, uh, Michael Moriarty. He played Henry. Moriarty. I don't remember what else I was going to look up, but it doesn't matter. Oh, just the rating. Uh, let's move on to Busting, 1974. That's you. 
Uh, busting makes me feel good. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Different decade. All right, let's 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 go ahead dive right in. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you the the IMDb score up front because that's where I put it. Uh, which this lands at a six point four. Our director here is Peter Hames, uh, who has twenty five directing credits. He, you, you might know him from Capricorn, uh, Capricorn One, Good Night My Love, and Papers. He has a section of Movie Madness. Motherfucker also wrote this movie. Yeah. Uh, which he has twelve writing credits. Uh, which you might know him from T.R. Baskins. <laughs> Telephone or Hanover Street. This starts Elliot Gould with 196 credits, which of course you know him from the Muppet movie, Little Murders, Bob and Carol and Ted and Alice, which was his only Oscar nomination. I thought that was interesting. I thought he would have gotten for the Robert Altman movie, the Gritty Kitty Cabaret. No, he didn't. Uh, <laughs> Robert Blake is also in this with 163 credits. You know him from Electric Glide in Blue. In Cold Blood. And also Lost Highway, which I thought was funny. Uh, well, Elliot Gould's in American History X. Is he? Yes. Oh, what? okay. Alan Garfield is also <laughs> in this, bringing up our Rizzo character at 119 credits. He was in Skateboard the Movie, Serpico, and Mother Jugs and Speed, which is my, my tip of the hat to your Cosby conversation. Mm. Um, so... I think this is supposed to be a story of two goodish cops who are trying to do the right thing, but the big bad guy is super connected and always gets off. So that's that's the, the thing on top. So two vice cops are on track to take down random sex workers and jack shack operators. They get told time and again to lay off because this area is protected by the big crook. They get, and that's Rizzo, by the way, uh, <laughs> they get to work tracking him down, but are thwarted at every turn and mostly by their own department. They choose not to follow orders and try to take him down. This leads to several very dangerous situations where they are running through crowds of people shooting. Uh, I think the movie is trying to show them as brave, but they come off as extremely careless. Finally, their boss is tired of them not following orders, so he sends them to a gay bar to catch random gay men being gay. Uh, they get the shit beat out of them. Hooray! Uh, and then they get stationed in a, uh, stationed in a public toilet. Um, while this doesn't deter them, it does mean that they don't have time to go after the big bad guy on their work time, so they start doing it on their own time with escalatingly dangerous methods. This movie was shot over 35 days, by the way, so they just fucking got this one done. Um, Elliot Gould was originally cast with, wait for it, Robert Liebman, Super Cops. Yeah. Uh, but Gould got him Love fired. Him. No. Uh, because they didn't have chemistry. That's... But he really respected him as a as an actor. Me too. Super Asshole. Cops. <laughs> uh, and I wanted to include this too because I thought this was good. In an essay for the New York Times, journalist and gay rights activist Arthur Bell condemned this film for derogatory language used by the characters to describe homosexuals. Uh, uh, as well as the scene in the gay bar that he described uh, described as exploitive, unreal, unfunny, and ugly for its presentation of gay stereotypes. Discuss. I liked it because it got it on the tape. I also love Arthur Bell. I have his book. He's one of the original members of the Gay Liberation Front. I know, which is why I thought it'd be fun to include uh, his... You, did his you mention that fucking the other guy is also a Mount Everest character actor? Alan, Rizzo? Alan Garfield. Yeah. Because yeah. he's in... Yeah, everything Nashville he's in Taking Off yeah he's in Nashville with Elliot Gould yeah where Elliot Gould plays don't stop Elliot Gould <laughs> I like this movie what, what, what did it get 
Six, six eight. Six four. Yeah. I gave it an eight. Yeah, six four. And I'd get, if I could give it an eight five, I would. It gets a lot of things on the tape, and that's what I like about it. And I'm like, Vice Cops suck, and I think it it, it puts suck. that on the tape while we were watching. And I remember like talking to you. I was like, This is what Vice Cops do. I'm just like, <laughs> This sucks. <laughs> And all yep. their bathroom meetings and shit. I don't. Oh, I don't know. Terrible. I mean, maybe I'm. Um, but they are portrayed as the heroes and stuff. And I like, wouldn't if say you're that. Not, oh, I would. I would definitely if you're say they're heroes. Conscious of those things being bad, or like if you didn't know anyone who was negatively impacted by vice cops, like would the picture come across the same way, or would you just be like, yeah, these vice cops are awesome. I don't think they're painted as heroes. They're dedicated to taking down the bad guy. And that's and what I like about 70s movies. There's a lot of things where it's like, I don't think they're supposed to be so great. Yeah. In the California Sweet movie, they're not supposed to be heroes. It's another Elliot Gould movie. Yeah. It's just, I mean, I know that there's, you know, it's like, um, oh, what do you call it? Archie Bunker. There's people that were like, yay, mm-hmm. they're amazing. But my takeaway, especially after seeing it again with y'all, is that, Fucking vice cops! Oh my god! <laughs> I, again, I think it gets a lot of things True on the tape. Fucking bastard that I like. Yeah, and I don't remember their their big bad Rizzo, Fallon Bell. Yeah, but what was he doing? He was doing everything. He had the sex work. Oh, because I remember he, he kept being like, "Yeah, I'm untouchable, and you'll he never get heroin. me." And, yeah, heroin He's a millionaire. But then he had this stupid plan to get <laughs> drugs, where he was like in the hospital for like a. Oh, shut up, I like that. Bringing in flowers. It was, was like, silly. Why is he getting the drugs? Like, I don't understand this at all. It's dumb. Like, this, like, super criminal who's, like, in, in like at all of you his criminal you're... proceedings. You want to get, like, those... Am I thinking of the right one where they, they go rob the bank of those... No, no, uh, that's 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 uh, cops and robbers. Yeah, another recent <laughs> one. I like that one a lot too. I love that movie. <laughs> but I like that movie similar. better than this. I did like that movie better than this movie. This Top one's just dramas all just kind of well, blend together. This for one me. Is, is is sort of I mean standoutish in the fact that it is forgettable to me. Um, although there you is deposit so we can fight. <laughs> physically you choose your weapon from the wall over here obviously i choose hand grenade um <laughs> uh i choose global thermal nuclear war whoa <laughs> in the name of you elliot gould <laughs> elliot show gould up. does it's gonna be a mushroom us. cloud in the shape of elliot gould <laughs> i was reading this thing from uh with the fucking director and he was saying that like he you know, he saw himself as a counterculture person and he saw these cops as counterculture culture agents inside the police force, which I was like, who got that? Me. I, I, I did not. Me. Not as much as cops and robbers. And cops and robbers, you know that they, like, don't like their jobs. Right. But, like, the way that he stands, like, he's like, look, no, you, you can figure it out because Elliot Gould calls the fucking other cops pigs. Yeah. Hell yeah. Which I he lo- does that one time when they, a like, couple times, more than let once. him go. Yeah. Let the the bad guys go or whatever. Because I liked it. I like I liked when he did that. I remember it happened twice. I think. <laughs> anytime I light up. Oh, pigs! <laughs> Do you have anything else on this? I got nothing. You want to rate it? Uh, I'll, I'll give it a, a five, five, maybe Fucking a six. Bastard. Yeah. I give it eight point five. <laughs> Victory. You still gonna talk to me? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs>
thumbs down. Yeah. What? A cop movie that you give a thumbs down to? You've given thumbs up to cop movies before. Rarely. Ah. You gave a thumbs up to Cops and Robbers. I think you did, actually. Yeah, you did. I don't think it was probably an enthusiastic. It was not an enthusiastic. (laughs) Let's just do this. I give it a thumbs up. I was wrong. (laughs) Victory really turned it around there. I didn't Mm. think that was you. Well, you know, I can sway. And it's not me. It's Elliot Gould. (laughs) Close your eyes and remember. Handsome mustache. By the way, this this movie bombed. And the mumbling. This has the nice mumbling in it, too. Yeah. This movie bombed. Uh, No, it didn't. uh, Not in my heart. Well, just 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 at the box office and not in my heart. It's critical review. I think uh, 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 Ebert called this movie forgettable among a genre of forgettable films. <laughs> That's exactly how I would describe it. Wrong. I literally did forget most of it. Well, you won't when you watch it again with me. One of my birthdays. We're watching. Oh no, fuck you. Busted. You <laughs> like it over Animal Olympics. Let's move on. <laughs> Maybe I'm back Wouldn't to a li- Animal Olympics at this point. Oh, please. <laughs> time has passed. Give time me does, enough drugs. Time does great things. And I might enjoy Animal Olympics. Uh, number three Gravy Train slash Dion Brothers, 1974. Do, 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 do. Dion Brothers slash gravy train how does this dual title thing happen <laughs> it's twice this week at least just stick with three one times. so what three times three, three movies i can think of this week this week what's the other one well what's the third one Ooh. there's emma may uh well that, that's the one i was gonna what's get. the other one uh soul vengeance was what uh well oh, the back brother oh, uh, okay so the three trials. and it's uh victory said that it's like usually when it gets to DVD or whatever, or VHS or Cinemax, they changed the title. But again, why? Just stick with one. Right? Uh, stick with one, please. We're confused enough. <laughs> Definitely confused. You didn't even like busting. Don't ever change <laughs> shit. Years late. Uh, that includes Lucas and Spielberg about Greedo and the guns <laughs> turning into fucking flashlights. Also, I'm saying... Don't take the racism or whatever out of books. Read it for what it is and learn true. Want less racism? Read a re- less racist book. Because they just recently did that to some books where they took the fucking racism out so it would be easier to read. Whoa, some old Lovecraft book or whatever. I don't think it's Lovecraft. It was on an SNL where they mentioned doing that. Hmm. And the jokes were jokes, but they are doing that with books. And so it was a little bit like, why are they doing that in Whatever. Um, yeah. Soapbox disengaged. So that what you're gonna say? Disagree. <laughs> disagree with what? I think I, I I think it is good to take that stuff out of there. It's not needed for posterity. Fuck that. Well, it's history. Those who do not remember the past yeah, are condemned to repeat it. Yeah, people who want to study history can go study the history. It's gonna be recorded somewhere for people who are I interested hope so. in that. And like you know, the older editions, it'll be there. But like. Well, that's the whole point. Why if you have another edition, the shit that is terrible, and just have like a good, because there's so many <laughs> struggling artists, people that don't even have a chance, and like take that away. The racist people are racist, and let these other people write good books. That's why I said read another fucking book, and I stand by it. And our relationship, oh yeah, I mean, I'm, is forever fucking changed. I'm fine with <laughs> canceling it all together. Well, I'm cancel it, have it. I mean, I I'm should be able to read Mind Kampf, and I should be able to read Little House on the Prairie. And I would never get rid of the racism. 
Or the fucking flashlights in E.T. What the fuck? <laughs> Wait, they got rid of the flashlights in E.T.? No, they, they they were guns, and they turned them into flashlights. <laughs> you, you don't remember that? No, uh-uh. I think uh, I haven't seen E.T. If you, luckily, I have the laser disc, but if you watch E.T. now, and then you have Greedo shooting first and what Lucas did to all the Star Wars films. But yeah, if you watch it now, they, they thought it was too alarming and jarring, so <laughs> the... Um, the guns have all been CGI'd into uh, walkie-talkies or flashlights. Really? That's yeah. interesting. Soapbox re-disengaged. So this film took me well over a decade to track down. Then I sat on it for a while because it looked like it might be icky. So when I finally previewed it, and especially when we watched it, something happened. Though it is not perfect, it is so refreshingly nuts that my quote after we watched it was, I don't know if I want to give this a 1 or a 10. Its bizarreness, especially in script, but also in acting and filming, are seriously next level. Definitely not a 1, but let's begin. Calvin Dion, played by Stacy Keach, yeah. works in a very odd factory and decides to try crime with some central casting crime people. But they need a demolition man. Cue Grace Jones and the police. I don't flippin' know who wrote that song first. And you guys probably don't even know the song. Mm-mm. The, the demolition man. Early eighties song. Well, he, he, he didn't know. But I don't even know. Don't it's, it's on a police the record. Uh, the Ghost in the Machine, which is the first record I ever bought with my own money. Hmm. 1980. Uh, but then uh, Grace Jones did a cover of it, but I don't know if it's a cover. I don't know. I don't know. Let's move on. Frederick Forrest, who plays uh, <laughs> Russell Dion, he's dynamite with dynamite. I believe they are in D.C., which I think looks good in this film. It's mm-hmm. neat to see. Um, Stacy drives to Virginia or some shit to get his brother, who is also sad in a dead-end job. Russell quits his uh, job all punk rock. But the harsh reality of the scene is, of course, filmed bizarrely, and I'm here for it. They are going to do a big-ass score and are going to use their share of the dough to open a seemingly not well-thought-out gross seafood restaurant. (laughs) Though Stacy sure talks about the menu a lot. Okay, so between me and Victory, we can't seem to remember what their big crime of the century is that they need dynamite for. None of the IMDb reviews mention it either. Ashes, get here and help. Oh, you're here now. Uh, Well, whatever the crime is, they do it, but it goes wrong, and the crime doers are separated, and the Dion brothers want to get their cut. Anyway, they end up confronting the central casting set up the crime thugs in a building that is being demolished. The scene completely shoots the moon and goes on mind-numbingly too long. But for this reviewer, it pays off in the end. I left the Margot Kiddo, Kiddo, Margo Kidder parts out from Superman, but she is here and is awesome but mostly underused. I think I'm landing on an eight and a half with the hope of turning on more peeps to the quirky madness that is the Dion Brothers. It deserves a Blu-ray more than the damned Alpha incident. (laughs) It was directed by Jack Starrett, 1936 to 1989. He was 52 years old. We'll see him in our review of Slaughter 
and Cleopatra Jones and Race with the Devil. Um, do you remember uh, the movie First Blood? Yes. Do you remember that uh, John J. Rambo uh, is like, you know, he's a, a drifter. He found his Vietnam friend and he's freaking out because his friend was dead. And then he ends up in this town and they like leave the town and he goes back. And then not the main guy, but the other cop who's in the helicopter that gets shot. Remember, he's trying to, to shoot Rambo and it fucking falls and he lands on a bunch of rocks and dies. He's the one that really beats the shit out of Rambo a lot. Yeah. He's worse than whatever the other guy whose name I can't think of. That is this director. Whoa. He also did a lot of acting. So it was just like, whoa, he's the fucking guy that <laughs> fucking, you know, he's the guy that drew first blood. I guess so. It's yeah. him. That's so wild. anyway, discuss. Did first blood or should we discuss the yeah, Dion brothers? I'd rather discuss first blood. I think. Uh, I will say you are not wrong. This movie is like all the fuck over the place. It is a maniac of a film. I, it feels like a cocaine afternoon or something like that. With two Where they just looked around and had a bunch of film equipment. Well, why don't we just shoot it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got a really good idea. What's the, what, do we have a script for this? You don't need a script to make a movie. That's crazy talk. <laughs> I thought it was funny that all of their seafood restaurant, like their dream mm -hmm. menu, mm -hmm. was all fake. Yeah. It's all oh. made up stuff. They'd oh, never wow. eaten seafood before. <laughs> they just knew it was fancy. It okay. just kind of seemed like they were like, you know, what's a thing that we could make up that would like, like it became a game or a joke that like every time they mentioned something on the menu, it's like something even more ridiculously made up than the last thing. I remember that happening a few times in the movie where the dialogue did obviously seem ridiculously made up. Okay. What is the Brink's crime? Truck. What is the Brink's what? truck? What? Brink's, Brink's truck. truck. Really? Yep. I still don't remember. <laughs> Brink's truck. Brink's truck. Like, Oh shit! You're right. Oh, I know I'm right. Because it was the, the whole thing where the one guy was like, "I can't get out." Yeah, and it's like it's the, the, the cops, and they're like, "You need to get out of here." And he's in there. Blah. You have to turn the thing. Yeah, yeah, I remember that now. But what did they need the dynamite for? No, I don't remember. Okay. I think maybe in case the door wouldn't like get opened or something, they were gonna bring the truck. And then okay, the other gap is. How did they get separated? And did the people set it up to set it up? They set it up so that they would get separated. So that the idea was... They would that, take like, the money. They were taking the money and going one way. The other guys were had to go and drop off the truck, switch cars, switch clothes, then get back to the their apartment, and then they were going to meet up with the, the boss guy. But instead of the boss guy, he sells them out to the cops who show up in mass and just start fucking yeah. leathering the place with bullets. And I mean, to that be demolition scene. What were you going to say? I'm sorry. Oh, it's just fucking wild. They're blowing holes in walls. They're running through. That football guy does that huge jump out the oh, window. Oh, the football guy. <laughs> and then the other Dion brother guy just loved it. He's like, wasn't that crazy? He just went out like that. <laughs> That's the way to do it. He did love it. I really think you're right. Wasn't that there it was like a... a guy with chickens or something randomly? There was a guy with chickens. There was randomly. some chickens. We don't want to give everything away. <laughs> I don't know if this will ever get a, a deluxe Blu-ray. I don't think it will, but man, oh man. It's better than the Alpha Incident. It is way better than the Alpha Incident. And there is just some just some outlandish shit in this movie that I'm you, never going to remember because it's just like... Well, you will because we're going to watch it again. Do you want to rate it? Stacked on top of outlandish shit. I, I, 
I, I'm with you. You're like, I, I can't even rate it. know what to rate this movie. Because is it good? I don't think it's good. Is there another movie that I've ever seen that like, is kind of... We had like, a ball. What are you talking about? Is it good? It was good. We watched another movie Based that, on that our experience. Review that is also fucking real wild, but completely different kind of wild. This one is just like speedball fucking movie making. I think I want to give it a seven. Okay. That's your opinion. <laughs> you had a, we had a ball. We did have a ball. It was fun. This is a fun one to watch with friends. I think you're like looking at me. You're gonna give it a thumbs down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Stacy Keach, and we like Stacy Keach movies. The Ninth Configuration. Yeah. Silver Pants. Whatever that big one that we always miss. He was in like a huge one, and I was oh, uh, Fist City or Fat City. Fat City, yeah. Fist City. Don't I always say Fist City? We always say Fist City. I'm sorry. You can't give this thumbs down. I can't. It's because we're did. it's because we're podcasting at night. That's what's happening. You've just gotten grumpy with tired. Yeah, it's like tired grump. Come on, you love this movie too. We had fun. Did we have fun? Yeah, I thought we did. We did. There was laughter. I mean, I don't think you're based in reality right now. Whatever. <laughs> Just go ahead and speaking of not being based in reality, Black Moon, 1975. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Director and writer. You're uh, going to give this one thumbs Louis up. Louis Mall uh, created Black Moon as a nightmare-like surrealist fantasy film inspired by Alice in Wonderland and his country manor. Uh, the story. And his country manor. <laughs> the, the story follows a young girl played by Katherine Harrison. Uh, navigating a distorted, whimsical, and exaggerated reality, meeting many bizarre characters and otherworldly talking animals. I'm still digesting thumbs down. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I can't live in this world right now. Victor, is that... Is that it? Yeah. Now we're going to discuss it. Usually, well, okay. Now, Louis Malle directed one of my favorite movies of all time, My Dinner with Andre, so I was like... Let's watch this. I haven't seen it. It starts, and I'm like, oh, shit, I've seen this. <laughs> oh, no. That's right I've been on with you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I liked this movie. It was weird. Yeah. Uh, and it was, the, it was the kind of like... Gravy Train's better. <laughs> it, it is that sort of Alice in Wonderland. No nursing grandmas and fucking, fucking Gravy Train. Weird I shit. I thought that was fucking hilarious. It was a really interesting I thing. That. Also, <laughs> it was gross. she and the... I mean, other people talk in this film, but barely. Mm-hmm. The main character is like the only one with any dialogue. That and the unicorn. Yeah, unicorn was cool. I just, you know, I, I mean, he set out to make it like, you know, a dream-like reality. Well, nightmare-like reality, and I, I mission accomplished. Like, I think that's exactly what it felt like. Is like. You know, like in dreams, you're just sort of in these bizarre situations where people are saying weird fucking shit to you, and then suddenly things are dangerous out of nowhere, and then they're fine, but they're weird, and you're just yeah fucking socially navigating, and you're just kind of all of a sudden here, and all of a sudden there, and you like, you know, where you're going and where you're at never quite makes sense, mm-hmm. but it's not completely completely like out of touch with everything like there is like when you're in a dream and it like this it it kind of 
blows my mind a little bit to think about like you know how do you capture that feel of being in in dreams where things are not chronological they're not they don't make sense like they don't follow laws of physics or anything like that but yet you sort of feel like there there's like a, a there's reference points like there's there's a story somehow happening even if it's totally incongruent and I think he does a brilliant job of capturing that like how the fuck would you do that like as a like if I were a filmmaker I would be that would be the biggest challenge is like how do you keep that feeling because if you don't then you risk the movie just being boring and just like one nonsense scene after another ding Mm -hmm. ding (laughs) (laughs) and it's like even even though these scenes don't fully match up or like have like a chronological story it still feels like it's somehow moving along and connected in some kind of right way and there's some really good dream stuff in here it's like there's better dream movies and they're on our list everyone has has her name there's a gender war that's happening. That's what I was gonna she say. She can't find the fucking the the unicorn. Like yeah. wherever she goes, it's not. Even though it was right there. Like all those sort of like <laughs> fucking frustrating dream shits that you're in. You know, like the doors locked. You shit you in your dreams. <laughs> frustrating oh. dream shits. Actually, I did have a dream, and I found like these like fresh cat turds everywhere that were just like, these, like <laughs> diarrhea piles. And- oh, good God! Mariah took me to see Cirque du Soleil, and we went and got the concessions. It was in some weird fucking hotel. It's like down off of First Street. You can't see my hand gestures, but whatever. And then and I go to get popcorn or whatever, and Mariah was all excited. What's it like? And she's like, it's like being inside a dream. <laughs> and then she got mad because I didn't really like it. <laughs> and like she was like you need to like it because the tickets were like so expensive and I was like if I had known yes I would have totally been right next to you but this is fucking amazing oh my god I, just, I didn't know and like but apparently that's supposed to describe when I read the blurb about this movie I was really really interested I really mm. wanted to see the gender war and it starts out with that and I like that but that's just a lead into the dream world I wanted it to be more political than it was I like my politics more plain yeah and it, it was but it's a movie that. kind of movie that, that I knew that I think you would like but I didn't like it as much yeah I I don't it wasn't intended I don't think to be a political movie like it, the, it has the some allegories. in it yeah I would want more because uh, there's a lot of politics I, in I my dinner with Andre I meant to read the story that the they kept referencing that that painting that Hindu painting, and I meant to read the story to like comment on that. But so there there is like some you know right. allegory, some reference to to stories and some references to Freud and like you know all sorts of. But also that can just be interpreted as like these are just random things that your subconscious picks up. And puts into your dreams as a you may have to deal with something like in real life that may resemble this slightly. All these naked children whipping a hog, laughing and running. (laughs) 
<laughs> See, this is a movie that I'll recognize where I don't think I really like this movie much, but I enjoyed watching it with you all, yeah. and I would recommend watching it with friends. So this is a true representation of the fun we had, unlike the fun I feel we had watching Dion Brothers, which I don't think was represented by you. <laughs> the Country Manor in, in the, is actually the director's house. Really? Oh, the Ponzi yeah. fuck? <laughs> I kept wanting to find political messages, and I think maybe I just need to watch it some more. So, like, the, in part, because it's so fantasy-like, I think the jury's out. Like, why did she keep using the radio? Was that her connection to reality? Yeah. And then she mm-hmm. uses the radio later? Yeah. Doesn't she? She does. Yeah. Does she become the grandmother? The Is this, like, burnt offerings? That's the connection to the outside world. Okay, okay. Also, we were right about the so-called rat. It's not a rat. No, it's not. Oh. Yeah. I mean, they were, she was calling it a rat. Yeah. It was like fantasy dream rat. Yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> Way Which too is perfect because it, like, it kind of looks like a rat, but it's wrong. Mm-hmm. It's like, that's not what rats look like. <laughs> <laughs> that's like a fucking miniature kangaroo or but something. But when, I, when <laughs> I saw it and they were calling it a, a rat, I was like, miniature well, maybe kangaroo. Now, now I get it. Now I understand why they think they could be chefs and shit. Like, they're big. Like, they, I could believe they could make a rigatoni or something, you know? Oh, yeah. 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 Also, they originally were intending to use that horse. That <laughs> fat-ass little horse. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> but it was all they could get in the timeline that they had, so they had to like dress up this fat pony. <laughs> I liked that it was a fat pony. I loved it too. And they, they also said that um that he just was the the horse ended up being such a character that um that he just became like one of the crew and like just started like acting like a diva kinda and like <laughs> I, I believe it. When that that horse is sitting there, like <laughs> sitting like a dog, eating and like talking shit or whatever to her, it's like this scene. This this is great. This is. You want to rate it? Yeah, I love uh, that. seven. I think this is where your thumbs up is gonna fail. It's a thumbs up. I know, but like your enjoyment from this, I think you could just give it like a seven nine or an eight four, but just thumbs up. I don't think that contains. <laughs> your thumbs up thumb down system <laughs> I might give this a 7 but with a, like a, a caveat of like see me that you definitely watch it with friends because when I watch this by myself I think oh, you fall asleep yeah yeah. Didn't I, could have, actually I didn't see. have the same experience I had watching it with, with y'all yeah I could see that so uh, number 5 welcome home brother Charles that's you oh, that is me now this one has a different title too this does this was uh had a secondary title of Soul Vengeance. Hey! I know, which I, I dig that that, uh, that title, too. Uh, so this actually scores Ooh. terribly on IMDb. This is a 4-8. Yep, uh, I saw that. This is uh, director Jama Fanica. We figured out how to pronounce it. Victory and I. <laughs> you did? Jama. Well, Victory figured it Jama. out. Jama. <laughs> I was Fanaka. just there. Jama Fanaka. Okay, that's, that's great. Uh, he is a director with seven credits. Uh, you might know him from A Day in the Life of Willie Faust or Death on Installment Plans, MMA, or Penitentiary. Everyone knows him from Penitentiary because he made three of those. He did make three of those. <laughs> uh, so, funny thing about uh, him and uh, Peter Hams, uh, they both were our writers for, for this film, which I thought was funny. But Jama also wrote every movie he directed. Hell yeah. Which, that. you know, is a bold choice. 
Um, so I'm not going to go through them again because it's the same fucking movies. Are you sure for for Himes? Because I say Himes for the other director. Himes is fine. No, I know, but I'm wondering which one is correct because I've always said Himes, and if that's wrong, I want to correct it. It probably is. I don't know. Well, what were you saying? What did I say? I don't know. I just Hi-yams? I just heard two different ones. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Go well, ahead. it's H Yams, right? I know. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just go with H Yams. H Yams. We're finally going to get our negative feedback from the director. God damn it. H Yams, you motherfucker. <laughs> well, then, when it's a first name without the S, it's just Hiam. Okay. H.E.M.S. H.E.M.S. Um, this stars Marlo Monty. This is his one credit. This is his mm-hmm. only movie. Uh, uh, Retha Gray, 76 credits, including Angel Dusted. She did an episode of Grace and Frankie, and she did an episode of Dead to Me, and she did an episode of Abbott Elementary. Mm. Um, Stan Cramber uh, is also in this. He did, he's got 23 credits, including Teen Lust. Uh, and an episode <laughs> of MacGyver, and an episode of Doogie Hauser M. Fucking D. All right. I'm still laughing at HMs. <laughs> uh, this movie takes some turns, so buckle up. Charles and his buddy meet up at a hotel for reasons that are not totally explained, but they are being tracked by two racist cops. They decide that they need to get out of there before the racist cops bust them. They take off running, and Charles ends up being caught by the less racist cop? Question mark. Uh, oh God! The other cop coming back. The <laughs> other cop doesn't catch Charles' friend and is humiliated by that. He takes his frustration out on Charles with a savage beating and ultimately tries to castrate him. Uh, this fails or succeeds, but his cock is reattached in jail. One of the two. I don't know which because they don't really tell us. Either way, Charles goes to jail. Magic. Yeah, yeah. It's magical. I I read a whole bunch of things on online that said that there were experiments involved. Uh, I did not get that from the film. Me neither, but I read that too. Yeah, they're like experiments gone wrong. (laughs) I was like, where? (laughs) There might have been a line, but yeah, and that might have been a cut. I mean, they just showed like African statues at the beginning of the movie with huge dicks, which I just took to mean like it was just like. African magic or something? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. Hold on, we're getting there, though. Either way, Charles goes to jail, and after a trial, that is bizarre. Uh, the judge at the trial was at the arrest trying to uh, purchase <laughs> sex and ends up restraining the officer who assaults Charles, but at the trial says how great this officer is. Uh, Charles does his time and returns to the street, but things have changed. There are some new scenes uh, uh, that make, or excuse me, there are some scenes in this movie that make you think that he is going to beef hard with his friend who is acting the total jerk, um, or his brother who has joined his friend, but nah, that's just filler. Uh, (laughs) Charles' real beef is with the men who assaulted him and put him in jail. Charles goes to the home of each of the men involved in putting him in jail and digmatizes their wives. Uh, who then let him into their homes later at night so that he can take out his revenge. How will he take out his revenge, you might ask? Well, Charles has learned to grow his penis to an enormous size and control it like a snake, which he uses to strangle those who wronged him. Yep. In one scene. (laughs) Uh, 
so I wanted to read this little thing about about the film that I found that I think is fantastic, which is Welcome Home, Brother Charles was independently produced, written, directed, and ed- edited by Jama, uh, as an imp- Jama. Jama by an improbable undergraduate project at UL, uh, UCLA. So this is a school film with a budget cobbled together um, from competitive grants and his parents' savings. The film uh, production ran 17 months, with shooting limited to weekends to allow unfettered access to the university's cinema equipment. Further cutting expenses by eliminating sets, it was shot uh, entirely on location in South Los Angeles and at UCLA uh, with fellow students and, and LA Rebellion Artur, Charles uh, Burnett, serving as a camera operator. Uh, Mark Quigley wrote that. Camera operator. This movie uh, made $500,000 in its first six months, uh, as opposed to the above film, which made like shit and was total garbage. Um, one thing I found out that was really cool is uh, there is a group out there called uh, Vinegar's, uh, Vinegar Syndrome that redoes movies and like uh, makes Blu-rays and puts them out and whatnot. And they have done a full fucking restoration of this film uh, in beautiful Blu-ray with a ton of extras. Uh, Not a ton. I rented it because... Weren't there like like six or seven extras on this? Maybe I'm thinking of MMA. I don't know. No, 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 is this one. because well, well, it, MMA it, comes with this. Yeah, MMA comes yeah. with it, yeah. It's not a ton of extras. We watched one of them today. Hmm. Um, I mean, they did, a, they did a good job. I put in a link uh, that maybe we'll throw up and online I liked as well. What, what I remembered was on YouTube, so that was neat. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm done. Discuss. Discuss. Uh, I have a couple things. One, I was worried about this one. Uh, because of him hypnotizing the ladies, but in the movie he goes out of his way to be like, put the kids in that room, stand here, like make sure that the children are safe, and I'm gonna fucking like you know, get your fucking racist cracker ass husband and murder him <laughs> with my giant cock. <laughs> and I, he does that twice, where he's like, you're not responsible, you know, and the and children are not responsible, but I need to kill these racist cops. And yeah. I like how the other one, who just lets it go, is just as much responsible because he's a collaborator or whatever mm-hmm. because he he puts up with it because he puts up a fight at the beginning he's like no don't do that don't don't beat on him when they show him getting knocked out but yeah, it's like but, but he knows what's going on and he put i mean because the trial he literally I mean, he, pulls over yeah. and lets it fucking happen it's like yeah uh, i'm sorry you got a conscience late. at that point absolutely and uh, the one dick scene uh the one scene where we actually see it going around his neck and shit my mind fucking melted same I was just like, oh, my God, we were grabbing each other. I just couldn't handle what was happening. It almost gets a fucking 11 just for that. Yeah, correct. <laughs> Did you just see yeah, this? it does just come out of nowhere. Like, yeah. you don't get the feeling that there's anything supernatural happening. Like, all At of all. whatever or they imagined they were laying down, like, was not clear. And all of a sudden, you're like... What? Well, the, yeah, the first time we have no idea. The second time they show it. They do. Yeah. They graphically show it. And it's like, oh, yeah. oh my God. His dick like, <laughs> And it's like Gumby Whoa. and shit, though. No, it's yeah. like, you know, that little claymation. Like, it's amazing. Yeah. It is amazing. And to think, that's when I keep going back to, like, this is a student film? Like, you, oh, like, hell yeah. you put this ticket, like, what? This is, 
this has pretty like a decent effect, a mind blowing effect. Possibly all of his films were. Yeah, I, I think mean, so maybe too. not Penitentiary. That's the film that made him a lot of money. Yeah, but. yeah. But it's just it's, it is. But these two were the one two we're reviewing today. Yeah. Impressive. Like I didn't was, see it coming. Yeah. Didn't like <laughs> such a hard turn. You're like okay. <laughs> It does like ride the line a bit, like on the the like. It like almost veers into like rapey, but kind of. I feel it pulls like it they pulls leave its it way a, little out a little bit, and I like that ambiguous. There and, was and some that, like it seems like you know they're just hypnotized Correct. into it. Well, like especially like the part sex that is probably not consensual. especially through the part where they're not moving and they act yeah. frozen but then it seems like more consensual because then like they're suddenly like ooh you're wonderful and they're into it or whatever which yeah. is like it definitely rides a line that like I don't think would pass the muster today but no. I think it was trying to I think they were trying to be conscious of that for the time period I don't maybe. think they were trying to be conscious for that I do I, I, I agree with that because I was so worried about it and there's so many movies that, that don't give a shit. Yeah. And like I said, <laughs> oh, when, I he was, when he was when he made the, the things about, you know, protecting the children, he didn't have to do that. No, he didn't. And, but I, and I, be really, I really like that, but I also so. agree with Victory. It does ride that line. But because I was so worried, it was refreshing that the little the little bits that we got, I was like, okay. Yeah. <sighs> can have a, a breath because this is you know an african-american filmmaker i really like this film yeah we're no, at the no, point too. where we could probably say it uh, yeah i so i like mma better but this we'll is there. definitely <laughs> those are definitely rape scenes he's using a superpower to like influence them part of that is him convincing them that they're enjoying it and that they're all the way into it. I mean, that's part of the process. I didn't get that all the way because, again, oh, totally. Because no. they are not in their minds. No, I know, but I mean, because they don't show it. I mean, that's why I say, like. They don't show the experiments that he has a magical cock. I'm not saying that they're necessarily hypnotized. Oh, they're definitely hypnotized. Mm. That is, it is clear yeah, as day to me. I don't think it's clear. It's clear as his dick hitting the floor to me. I know, but the movie... But. <laughs> I didn't think it hit the floor. I thought it just went, like, It hits forward. the floor and slides across the room to the I guy. I thought it did it in the air. My memories... <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I, I think that's why I say it wouldn't pass the muster for today. Yeah. Like, the way that, that we understand rape culture and all that, like, it would not pass. But I think for... The, the level of awareness at the time, and I could be wrong on that. Mm. Like, I think... I See, I disagree with that, too. I don't think it passes, but he's it, it's also a process. He is doing something, and they're saying that... They, I think it works into the whole fear module, right? Like, it's, it's, the, it's all wrapped around black men's sexuality. Like, the worst thing in the world is for a big black dick to, like, interface with your wife, because what's going to happen... She's going to lose her mind. She's not going to be able to control herself anymore. She's going to put the <laughs> yeah, fucking kids I, in the closet. They got that on the and tape. And he is going like to kill that. you with his monster cock. Yeah. <laughs> that is what's going to fucking I do, happen. At their, yeah, I definitely love that they completely play with white anxiety about black sexuality. 
Yeah. <laughs> They're like, fuck it. Let's lean in. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I agree with both of you. I don't, you know, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if that's actually possible to do hypnotism sex like it is in that movie. Because I had a friend that tried to get hypnotized not smoke, and that didn't work. So, I mean, <laughs> to really do that, and it's like, it's it's a yuck thing to even discuss it, but they seemingly had a good time. Yeah. They were like, oh, you're great. You know, and I don't even know if they cared that their husbands were killed. I don't know. Well, and we, also, their husbands were like the worst people on the earth. Yeah, so I mean, and we, we so, love that they were I mean, dead. I think it, I think so it yeah, was, it's a it's a yucky gray area, and it's I think it was just meant as like a clever yeah, like. But again, it would be horror, made differently today. Horror movie allegory kind of thing. Totally, totally. But I do I do think it. Well, I, we we've done that. Anyway, I enjoyed the movie. I thought it was really smart. Even even those parts. I think we're done in a really intelligent way that was meant to cast like a, a certain spell um, and fucking it landed. Uh, don't fact, get us wrong. The, <laughs> the fact that this is a four eight is a scandal. Oh yeah. It's enter racism and the movie's talking about racism. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. It yeah. is kind of a scandal, but maybe that, yeah, that'll change. Cause very I think much a lot of allegories. The, the other thing that I want to throw More in people here are seeing it. is commonly we, we, we discuss uh, the, the place and time being a character in the film. And in a low-budget film, man, they caught some great things in this oh, film. Oh, yeah. The Watts Towers are in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, the community is in this film. Uh, and I thought that was fantastic. Yeah. I mean, I think even more so. In our, in our upcoming film. The next yeah, one. I totally agree. I totally agree, but I think... But yeah, that, I, I love that. That plays care. Even in even in the Dion Brothers, the, the DC shit. Yeah, no, I, 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 I agree. I agree. And, that's, and that's so it's always neat. One of the things that 70s movies do such a better job of than, than current uh, film structure uh, is... I'll they, give you that. They will give They're a showing place. Uh, and it's time-capsuled. Um, and this gives you Compton. It gives you Watts. Uh it gives you that that south uh, mm. south uh, LA. You want to rate it because I am excited to talk about the next one because it's that and more. Yeah, I think I'm going to give this about. one a nine, um, specifically because I want to hold back a little bit for the next I one. I think I give it an eight. Thumbs up. But we'll see. I give the next one higher. So yeah, Black Sisters Revenge or Emma May, 1976. Final right. film today. Mm. Uh, MMA was produced by students and directed by Jamal Fanaka and based on a story about his cousin. Hmm. Uh, as mentioned, theatrically released as MMA and home released as Black Sisters Revenge. <laughs> <laughs> this film takes us on a country girl's journey to big city life and big trouble. Uh, Emma shacks up with a pill-popping loser whose only good act is beating up mouthy-ass cops. Unfortunately, or fortunately, uh, this lands him in jail. Emma kicks so much ass to raise his bail, only to find he gives no shits about anyone. Then, her vengeance reigns. Boom. Mm. Uh, the, The only way this movie could be better... Is if they installed a, a counter that popped up every time she punches him in the dick. Mm. <laughs> it was like, Jesus, bing, that's true. Bing, bing. And it just goes for it. You're like, I was, wasn't sure if I was seeing it right. Did she punch in the dick? But they're just like, no, nope, we're going to 100%. 
I'm going for your cock. <laughs> Punching you in the dick. Dick punch. Just... <laughs> Maybe at some point we'll, we'll do a, a, a cut of that and put it on YouTube with a counter. Because it was just such a fucking rough and ruthless scene where she's like, you fucked up. Like, I was, like, so cool to you. Like, With the punch him in the dick song in yes. the background. Oh, <laughs> absolutely. I was confused for a second because I, I when we rented this, it was uh, Black Sister's Revenge, and then we watched the other one afterwards, mm-hmm. and the DVD did, did contain it. Yeah. And I thought it was a short film, so I was like, MMA. And I kept starting it, and I kept thinking that it was the one that we just reviewed, so I kept re-watching the intro over and over again thinking my blu-ray was fucked up but the intro to this movie having seen the intro in the last 24 hours like six times is really cool you see the guy with the compton sweatshirt on and mm-hmm. it's just like the way it shows the community is it's great it's fantastic and it's most, so much of, stuff. most of the actors are are either students or um people from the community who are just volunteered yeah, Which MMA was a so film student. Cooler. We watched an interview with her. It was amazing. Nice. Still looks amazing. Mm-hmm. Fucking rad. And it was so emotional. She kept like getting teared up because um, he's gone now. I don't even want to attempt the name. God, why do I keep getting it wrong? Jamal. Just think Jamal. Just think Jamal, but Jamal. Jamal. Yeah. I mean, because they were really close friends. Mm. And yeah. It was a, you yeah, know. they ended up staying really close for the rest of their lives. Nice. For the most part. Mm, gives me the feels. This yeah. movie is really good. It is really good, and it's such a, like a inspiring story where you know it's this girl comes to the city and like the guy sucks. Though you're right, I can't believe it. And they're <laughs> even like, don't he's don't. like over the top sucks. Yeah, <laughs> cartoon character bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> I do these pills, and then I get drunk, and then I fucking do this shit. And I have a blurry thing that I'm not sure is from this movie. Is this the one that has the guy? Who's like militant and has the gun in the house? Has the shotgun? Yes. Yeah, okay. he's like What's the his elder. Name? Uncle Buck. Because hell yeah. Like he's yeah. so rad. Yeah, he's like the revolutionary elder guy. Yes. Although there is a weird scene with him. Don't cool ruin this for me. Cool as fuck boots. Yeah, cool as fuck boots. <laughs> where, they, where they rob the bank to get the fucking bail money. <laughs> and they, they come back to the car. And he's sitting in the driver's seat. And he's like, I'm driving. And they're like, fuck you, man. No, we you're have not. the driver. We have a driver. <laughs> like, you need to move. And he's like, uh-uh. And they're like, dude, we need to go. <laughs> and he's like, no. <laughs> but he does fucking move over eventually. But it's just so fucking funny. because It's, it's like, like, why did you leave him in the car if he <laughs> wasn't the driver? Well, I think because he wasn't supposed to come. He just was like, we're doing a revolutionary thing? I'm in. And they're Why like, didn't the driver stay in the car? Because <laughs> they didn't trust him with the gun in the place. They're like... <laughs> uh, but that, that seems... Uh, he is great in this. He's just instantly down for, for whatever and is like, this is what's going to happen. And he, he yeah, actually, he's my favorite. He, he says some stuff in there <laughs> that's really interesting, too, too because he's like... Uh, he has a bunch of guilt about growing old. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. He has those lines where he's like, you know, the most fucking terrible thing in the world is that I grew old and all my friends died fucking fighting or, mm. or trying to live in this system. And here I am. And it's like such a sharp survivor's guilt moment in the film. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. It also made me think of Harry and Tonto for a second when he's talking about that. All my friends are dead. Mm-hmm. And his his daughter's like, well, you can make new friends. And he's already making new friends. <laughs> <laughs> also, he doesn't strike me as 
super old. We're calling him an old man, but he's probably like, I don't know, early 60s, something like that. Well, but yeah. it's like, you know, if all your friends die in the struggle. Yeah, no, I, I know. And then you're true. surrounded by a bunch of fucking kids. And it gets that on the <laughs> tape, and it's amazing. Uh, I, I MMA it. might be my favorite character. Also, I like the, the whole family element in the yeah. black good. community, where it's just, they accept her, they have to give up their, people have to, they have to switch rooms around to make room for it, but mm-hmm. they're just like, this is what we do, and she shows up for the family. And she also dips when she knows she's going to get into shit. Yeah, she's like, 100%. Yeah. That's I, true. I love you guys, which means I need to not be here because the shit I'm going to do is dangerous and I don't want to drag it back to y'all. Mm-hmm. You know, she's protecting family first. She's she's uh, going after a love, you know, going all out for a loved one. Uh, she becomes like well respected. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When someone talks shit, she's there, <laughs> she's there to put it down. <laughs> Like we're we're organizing this. You saying we're not organizing it? All right, let's fight. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe not one of the most well crafted scenes in this film. <laughs> uh, on the total, though, I, I got to give this film a ten. Like it's just such a refreshing, interesting, fucking film. It's like you see films like this and you wonder why they needed to make an Ant Man and the Wasp three in the Megaverse or something like. There's or, not or Joker. Yeah, there's not a fucking or, or the nineteenth Spider Man fucking movie. There is so many good stories to be told. Yeah, mm-hmm. I like the animated version, the multiverse. Into Spider-Man. the multi- yeah. I like that. <laughs> Fine, whatever. Into the multiverse. I can't even say it. <laughs> I'd probably give this a ten to maybe nine and a half. I don't know why I didn't think about it, but um, you give the thumbs up, obviously. Yeah. And that means that we are done with our movie reviews. Made it through. Any closing thoughts? Uh, Just fucking take care of people. I mean, today's a a day where I'm feeling a little sentimental about those around me. Um, So, you know, uh, if you're listening to this and you're thinking about someone who you haven't talked to, just reach out, say hi, tell them you love them. What's it going to (laughs) hurt? I laugh because we used to go to... uh, any punk show that was happening in the city and we went to one in Chicago and we didn't know who it was it turned out to be this old ass fucking oi band and all these skinheads luckily anti-race skinheads were there to hear this band play their big hit on some oi classics number nine called like pissing in the streets or some shit <laughs> my friend Jason and I had no idea but it was these British people that had like a, a hit on a compilation in 1977 and everyone was just like pissing in the streets you gotta do pissing in the streets these guys were so kind and they were just like Call your mother. <laughs> Call your grandmother. She misses you. <laughs> and I just thought it was like the cutest thing. It was like, and everyone just, play pissing in the street. <laughs> and so that's a memory I have. Yeah. <laughs> Closing thoughts? I gave mine. Pissing in the street. <laughs> I, I got none. I'm too tired. There it is. Well, folks, you've come to the end of our podcast. Uh, there's ways to get a hold of us. I don't, I'm not going to get into them this week because I don't want to, and I don't have to. Ah, uh, just know that we'd love to hear from you, and if you got a hold of us in one of There are ways. three ways to get a hold of us. Ha, 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 ha. You sounded like the count for a second. Uh, Instagram, Facebook. Please Pass give us all the stars if you like us. And yeah, something We like want that. people to find us. I looked up 70s movies yesterday in podcasts, and our, our podcast <laughs> still does not come up. Mm. And the whole, whole hope uh, in starting this is that 
it would eventually come up. And then you find out it's all like depending on how many ratings you get or you know how many listens you have. Now we're number one if you put in decade under the influence. It's not no, that uh, that emo band anymore, but but still, I it should be if you look up seventies movie, our podcast should come up. I was like, so we used to do this. So I want help with that podcast on Sunday, uh, and it was called a decade under the influence, and that band Dick a decade under the influence has a song called Taking Back Sunday. Which I was like, oh, this is going to be our anthem. This is going to be so great. I listened to it. It's so bad. It's just terrible. Which is, I guess, what you get. I believe you. (laughs) All right. We'll leave it there. Thanks and good night, everybody.